I believe that what we do as women in the privacy of our own minds is the single greatest determinant of our lives. I'm Emma Title, and you are listening to the Women Today podcast, where we are unpacking and investigating the new female psychology. I am a psychotherapist, coach, and teacher who is passionate about women's internal and external freedoms. You are in the right place if you want to hear in-depth stories about women's lives. On this show, we dig deep into the minds and hearts of women to understand what it really takes to heal, to grow, and to experience psychological freedom so that we can create lives of authenticity, fulfillment, and contribution. This is a place to receive nourishment, inspiration, and guidance as we continue to show up for the complexity and nuance of our lives as women. I'm so glad that you're here, and let's get started with today's episode. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I am really excited to have you here because I'm doing a little bit of a different episode, and it is focused today on a major house and home overhaul that I am currently in the midst of, and that has actually been a really important part of my life for the last couple of months. And I'm going to be sharing with you about why I've been taking it on and all of the deep learning I've been doing about my own psychology as a woman in the midst of it. So I hope it's interesting and exciting and that you're able to take some nuggets away for yourself in your own life. So basically what's going on is I have decided to completely take the reins of our physical home and material environment because I have been suffering a lot with regard to my role in our family, my role as a woman, my role as a mother, my role as a wife. And a lot of that suffering shows up specifically with regard to resentments about housework and sometimes even child rearing, even though I, I really wish it that it didn't. But this is an issue that I know a lot of women are struggling with because I'm talking to you, I'm listening to you, and I know that I'm not the only one. And I want us all to be more open talking about it. And this process that I'm going through with the house is also related to a process that I'm going through in my marriage where my husband and I are really taking on a whole new level of joint commitment around how do we together stand for modeling and living an anti-patriarchy life. And a lot of it has been inspired by the reading that both I am doing and that he is doing about anti-racism and this concept of kind of we are all racists and how do we start actively living anti-racist lives And um, we're very committed to that right now. And we are also taking on how do we start living anti-patriarchy lives and what that looks like for me and what that looks like for him are different, but they're interrelated. And for me, one of the ways that I'm really trying to support myself in freeing myself from the compounding effects and the real prison of patriarchy is through the vehicle of our physical home. So I think this will all make a lot more sense as I go along, but I just wanted to give you some context. So 
Space matters a lot. (laughs) It matters so much. And there are so many traditions and ways of understanding like throughout culture and history about why space matters so much. But one of the things that I've recognized is that our physical spaces are extensions of our inner spaces. And so our physical homes, whether that's one room or an apartment or a whole home or whatever it might be, or a tent or a bus that you're living out of, whatever it might be, but the place where you sleep, eat, rest, where you come back to, it reflects our selves. And it doesn't matter how much wealth we have or like what our socioeconomic status is, the size of the space, we can all treat the dwelling in which we abide as a sacred opportunity and as a sacred reflection of the self or the multiple people in a family that live in that space. And so I have found that when things are out of order, when they're disorganized, when I can't find things, it can lead to a lot of stress. It can lead to a lot of feelings of not being able to accomplish what's most important to me or not being able to be present with the people and the relationships that matter most to me. So if we have an environment that supports who we are and what we want to be doing and what we're up to in our lives, then it can really like facilitate that growth. It can make it go really well. It can support it or the space, the physical space can do the opposite. It can actually hinder that ability to do those things. So the other thing is that our physical space can be a way that we interface with how we are or are not taking care of ourselves. So by creating environments where we are more able to take care of ourselves that can provide a nurturance, a self-care, a self-respect, a, a sense of worth for ourselves. And the opposite is also true. If we have environments where we are not able to care for ourselves well, whether that's through sleep or nutrition or um, peace and quiet or rest or whatever it might mean, it can also make our lives a lot harder. And homes can also, and material reality can also be a way that we express ourselves, our creativity, our unique, you know, splash of the human pie. Like our homes can be a place where we get to feel our uniqueness reflected back to us in really positive ways, or it can be a space where, where that's not happening. Like where we don't feel expressed, where we don't feel a sense of mirroring or resonance or belonging with the outer environment. And so this is why I care so much about it. So right now, I am currently going through every single article in our home and looking at it, touching it, confronting it, dealing with it in the context of the other objects that are similar to it, And deciding whether or not I really want to be the steward or the owner or the, you know, like the guide for this object. And part of this has been inspired by an incredible woman who I highly recommend named Shira Gill. 
S-H-I-R-A-G-I-L-L. And she's out of Northern California. And so I'm taking an online course with her and I highly, highly recommend her if this is something that interests you. She's the perfect teacher for me. She may or may not be for you, but this has been inspired by Shira's work because she says something which is really powerful, which is that any physical object that we have has to be cared for. It has to be repaired. It has to be cleaned. It has to be put away. It has to, like, we have to relate to any physical object that we have. Even if we have a basement or a garage or a dark closet where we shove things or under the bed, like our material possessions require time, energy, and attention. And so since becoming a mother, I realized that I was spending an incredible amount of time, energy, and attention on taking care of not only a new baby, but all of the objects that came with a new baby, all of the objects my husband and I were already dealing with, and our home. And sometimes this would feel good and orienting, and other times I would actually become enraged and resentful and start to feel really buried and overwhelmed and burdened by our material reality. And this is something that is not unique to me. Some of you may have read articles about the invisible load or the mother load. And it's literally like all of the things that start to stack onto women and mothers, whether that's in physical reality and um, domestic labor or emotional reality, but like this load that actually just feels way too big for any one of us to manage. And I started going through this in pretty intense ways. So I am someone who like, I do not like to feel resentful. I do not like to feel burdened. I do not like to feel disempowered. And when I go into this, those states, I take it very seriously because I have adopted the view in my life that I am a hundred percent responsible for myself. That does not mean that my husband doesn't have responsibilities toward me or that my friends don't, but I really believe that I need to take responsibility for my own unhappiness or lack of fulfillment in my own life. Even if I'm struggling with it, even if I need help, like that is mine to do. And I, I find this a very empowering stance and I encourage the women that I work with to take on this stance if it's right for them. And so for me, this house project is really about empowerment and leading in my life so that I can feel in integrity with myself and so that I'm not cycling through patterns of burden, resentment, anger, overwhelm, um, underwater feelings like as a chronic state. Like I just don't want to accept that in my life. And so I'm doing something to change it. So basically with Shira's teaching and guidance, I am embracing a form of minimalism, not extreme minimalism, but the concept that less is more and that my intention is really to consume less. And I'm also embracing environmentalism at a whole new level. I've always cared about the environment, but I have not been one of those people who's like, 100% of the time not getting a plastic bag at the store or 100% of the time buying used or recycled things um, to not participate in manufacturing and the issues there. Like I'm not one of those people. And so I'm not becoming an extreme environmentalist. I may at some point, but I'm really embracing like 
moderate minimalism, moderate environmentalism. And I'm taking, mindfulness has always really mattered to me. And so I'm taking a whole new level of interest and investment in mindfulness around home and space and material objects than I ever have before. And aesthetic beauty has also always mattered to me. And so I'm embracing the opportunity to create more aesthetic beauty as well as a way of expressing myself and as a way of having the external environment reflect something positive back to me that I want reflected to me. So this process, like, as I said, I'm basically going through every object. I'm donating and getting rid of a lot of things that basically I have assessed that are not contributing to who I am, where I want to be going. And then because I'm in a family, similarly not contributing to who my daughter is or where I want her to be guided to go or to where my husband is wanting to go. And so I'm really taking on the task of confronting the ways that we've fallen asleep, confronting the ways that we have turned a blind eye or just like shoved things away because we haven't wanted to deal with them or the ways that we've been overwhelmed in the first two years of parenting or the ways that we just haven't wanted to take full responsibility for all of our belongings and how that lack of responsibility has fallen on my shoulders and caused a lot of stress both for me and in my marriage. So... This is my anti-patriarchy movement that I'm doing in my house. And I'm laughing about it, but it's something I'm taking really seriously. Other times I'm, you know, really enjoying myself or I'm feeling more playful around it, but I am talking about it with friends. I am really prioritizing it. And I really see it as like in-home activism for myself because it's a way that I'm valuing my mental health and my well-being, and I'm really advocating for myself with my husband, and I'm telling him, like, I don't want to be resentful. I don't want to live in chronic stress states. I don't want to feel that things are unequal in our home and in our marriage, and so I need your help, and I need you to be on board with my leadership here so that I can feel less burdened, and I can feel more free, and I can feel more expressed, and I can feel freed up to focus on my professional work in the world and being present with our daughter when it's my time to do that, because those are the things that are critical to me. So it's really a path of empowerment. And it's also really important to me because of raising a daughter. I do not want her digesting or like imprinting a mother who is not standing up for herself or a mother who's resentful about laundry or a mother who is angry every time a a mess gets made because I haven't addressed the deeper layers. And so I really want to role model to her how I'm leading an anti-patriarchy life in her house how I'm prioritizing presence and connection and service in the world. And I believe that those things are really going to impact her and be important in her development. And I also believe that teaching her that we don't need an excess of stuff in order to be joyful, happy, free, functioning, learning, growing, developing That's really important to me because she doesn't need that. In fact, I see how when she has too many things to choose from or 
things aren't organized for her to find them, it actually causes distress for her as well in her own way. And so I'm really wanting to provide that more clean, clear, intentional environment for her so that she can thrive and, you know, have her most vibrant, soulful, joyful, unburdened expression as well. So some of the ways that I am going through objects, and some of this is, you know, with Shira's teaching, I've also read Marie Kondo's book, The The Japanese Art of Tidying. And I think there's great wisdom in there. I don't use her method completely. Um, It's especially hard when one has children in the home, I think, but I think there's great wisdom in it. And it's also stuff I've just developed in terms of my own way that I process my life, you know, through all the different learning I've done. So when I, if you're interested in, in doing this, when I encounter an object, I ask myself, am I using this frequently? If so, what am I using it for? And is that something that's important, an important function or pleasure or enhancement to my life? And then I ask myself, is this helping me to get where I want to go? And similarly, like, is this something that supports my values? And again, you know, I have all different types of values. Everybody has different values. But for me, some of the most important priorities in my life right now are being present with my daughter, being in a wonderful, rich, loving, present relationship with my husband and being able to feel healthy and strong in my body and being able to show up for my work and my service in the world. And so if objects are detracting from that or just neutral, not enhancing that, then I'm seriously questioning whether or not I'm gonna keep it in our home because I don't really want excess things that drain my energy and take away my energy from all of those other things that I just mentioned that are important to me. So that's sort of how I am discerning. Additionally, I ask myself, do I have too much of these or too many of these? Could somebody else benefit from having some of these? And if so, can I redistribute my wealth? Even if it's in the form of you know, 10 glass vases, do I really need them? No, I've accumulated them through gifts and other things over the course of a long time? Can I give five of them away? And would that enhance somebody else's life? And if so, I'm going to give that away. And that feels very good to me because it's, that's part of living an anti-patriarchy life is, is actually redistributing wealth, not hoarding it. And the other piece I'll ask myself is, is this supporting the health of the earth Or is this detracting from it or is it neutral? And I'll similarly ask myself when I'm, when I'm getting rid of objects, how can I get rid of objects in ways that are most kind to the earth, whether that's recycling or repurposing or getting things to their proper, you know, like toxic waste place or to somebody who's just starting a household who doesn't have a lot of things or to a mother who's single parenting, who doesn't have a lot of financial resources, can I give those things to her? And all of those are ways that I'm living my values and making my own life feel more aligned for myself and taking empowerment in my own life and also supporting other people, which is a huge feminist and feminine and anti-patriarchy value is that like, 
I'm not alone. I'm not operating in a vacuum. There are other people who need things or who want things or who could use things that would benefit them and actually add value to their life. So it's like, it's sharing. And that feels really powerful, both for environmental reasons and feminine and feminist reasons. So the other thing that I'm working with is really catching, quote unquote, someday thinking. So one of the other ways that I can create suffering for myself is not living in the present moment, but actually being feeling urgency and stress around trying to get somewhere other than where I am. And one of the ways this can show up for me is imagining our next home and imagining that I will somehow be happier, more fulfilled, more expressed, more well in that next home, as opposed to embracing that all of that is possible and available right now in the circumstances I'm in today. And I think we do this a lot as human beings. Like, I'll be happy when I'm earning more money. I'll be happy when I get that next job or when I finish school or when I meet my partner. And I'm not saying those things don't deeply affect our sense of well-being and happiness and fulfillment in our lives. I think they do. But we can also create a lot of suffering for ourselves in the someday thinking. And so I've been working a lot with the concept of how can I create those dreams or visions or fantasies of someday right now. And I'll give you a little example is that I have a dream of someday having a very special and sacred and beautiful garden that is soulful and peaceful and a place where I can gather human beings and a place that can be a healing space for women and a place that will be a healing place for my family. And I have the vision like crystal clear in my mind. And like if, if I were a good painter or artist, I could, I could like put it down on the page right now. And that's not, you know, that vision does not match my current circumstances of my home. But one of the visions is that I have a, one of the aspects of the garden that I want is this is a fountain and a Buddha statue. And I'm sharing these things with you just as examples. And so recently I just decided that I am going to create that in our very, very tiny garden with specifically the Buddha and the fountain. And I didn't spend a lot of money on it. It was very simple. I was very resourceful in how I went about getting these items with all of the values I've been naming with you. And I cannot tell you how much satisfaction it brought to me to get out of someday urgency and feeling like there's such a big gap between where I am right now in the present moment and where I long to be, but to actually like bring the essence of that longing into my life matching with the the reality of my current circumstances right now. It like, it closed that what can feel like sometimes such a giant gap and it just closed it for me and brought this sense of peace and empowerment and accomplishment and satisfaction 
to feel that I am taking ownership again, not of the full dream right now, but the essence of the dream and bringing it to life right now. So I hope that these thoughts and ideas and sharings have stirred something in you, sparked something in you, inspired something in you to think about your material space, your material reality, your experience as a woman, if you are a mother, if you are a partner or a spouse to someone, really starting to look more intimately, more closely at your chronic patterns, your chronic stress, your chronic suffering, how might that be related to patriarchy? It may or may not be. How might you want to shift some of how you're relating to your world to feel more empowered and to feel a sense of ownership and leadership in your most personal and intimate spaces that belong to you. And I'd be curious. Yeah, I'm just so curious to hear what this stirs in you, where you might want to go. And before I close, I want to name that the issue of excess is 100% an issue of privilege. So I want to own that, is that I have privilege. I have privilege in my whiteness. I have privilege in my middle-class status. I have privilege in my education. I have privilege in my health I have privilege in my sexual orientation and I am not the most privileged person in the world. I have places where I don't feel privileged and I have places where I feel like I've had to work really hard to feel empowered and that's different than privilege, but I have I've had a lot of places in my life where I have felt really disempowered and where I've needed to really earn and sweat and work to feel empowered. And so if you're listening to this and you are feeling really disempowered or you are someone who has had different privileges or lack of privileges than I have or advantages or disadvantages that are different than I have, I want you to, to consider this whole episode by taking into consideration your own truths around your privilege or lack thereof. And I want to say that, I just want to share that when I was younger, I spent a lot of time living in Central and South America and a number of times doing homestays with families who had very, very, very little financial privilege, extremely humble homes, not a lot of material possessions, And I learned so much about how regardless of what our material reality is like based on finances and all that, it still matters how we care for our home. It still matters how we relate to the objects, whether it's many or few that we do have. And that the same principles of mindfulness and beauty and the outer life reflecting the inner life and environmentalism and potentially minimalism 
you know, and organization and order, all of these things can be applied no matter what level of the socioeconomic spectrum we find ourselves in. And so I do hold that and I hold the absolute reality that we are not living equal lives and there can be a lot of pain and suffering around that. And the things I'm sharing from my personal life 100% come out of my personal reality, which is 100% informed by privileges, places of empowerment, places of disempowerment, and many other things. I really wanted to own that with you publicly and not leave you thinking that that's a blind spot for me, but really naming it, owning it, and encouraging all of us to be real with ourselves about wherever we find ourselves and then how we do or do not want to engage with our material reality for what's right for us and the people that we live with and how we are conducting our lives. So thank you for listening. It's a joy and a pleasure and an honor to be with you here. And I look forward to connecting next time. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Today podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a rating and a review. The more five-star ratings this podcast gets, the more easily women around the world will be able to access this valuable information. Remember, we each have our unique role to play in this collective uprising for women all over the world. Whoever you are and wherever you find yourself in this moment, there is a deep intelligence to your particular place in the wider web, and we need the specific experiences, insights, and gifts that only you carry. I am sending you my heartfelt strength and support for wherever you are on the journey, and I'll look forward to connecting again next week.